Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation, and I am thrilled to be having a conversation with Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And, uh, Jim, these conversations about mental health, I am learning from you, and they are they're, they're rich with just great information. So welcome back. It's great to have you here. Well, good morning, Kim. It's really good to be talking again. Uh, first of all, we have talked about what is good mental health. You know, when these tragic things happen in our society, we, we start saying mental health, and then you see people that are, are going to government saying we want more money for mental health, and, and, you know, people don't like, I mean, we're so concerned about it. I mean, the STEM school shooting, I mean, we want to do something. But uh, I think that there's some underlying uh, uh, problems with that, and and uh, people can go back and hear the other shows where we talked about good mental health. And one thing, Jim, when I asked you that first question, and you said nobody's ever really asked me that question, and that's one of the <laughs> yeah. first things that we have to talk about is what is good yeah. mental health. That's, that's fascinating. I mean, uh, Dan Siegel, one of my favorite scholars in neurobiology, says, you know what, uh, nobody's ever talked about what the mind is. <laughs> He's talking to 500,000 people at a time. He asks people to raise their hands. Have you ever heard a definition of mind? So, yeah, mental health is hard to describe. Yeah. Um, but let, if people want to hear that, they can go back to the past broadcast because we've got some important information. We're going to try to get through three points here. Uh, and the first one that you had mentioned, you said that mental health can be seriously misused, but it's a real thing. So explain yes. that. Well, mental health is sometimes a, a code word for what's your excuse now. So I didn't do anything wrong. I was just wounded as a child. So it's often misused that way. And uh, often we hear left-leaning people wanting to throw money at school programs. So if we can just indoctrinate people to... Uh, talk to each other in a certain way or right certain social wrongs, then you won't have any mental illness and people won't do bad things. And they forget all about what's inside the human heart. The prophet Jeremiah said, the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And the answer to that question, of course, is only God can know it. Back in the 70s, Carl Menninger, he's not even a Christian, so this isn't just Christian hype. Carl Menninger was a member of a whole family of psychiatrists. He was a psychiatrist himself, and he established a hospital. But He wrote a book called Whatever Happened to Sin, and he was saying we can psychologize our way uh, into total confusion where we don't recognize that people do bad things because they choose to do bad things. So that's how it's been misused. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that is, that is so interesting that, that if you say to yourself, I can't, you know, I did this because that's the way I was born or that's the way I, I am. I think it takes a lot of hope away from how to live yes, a life. Absolutely. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. I work with a lot of couples where one of the partners has had an affair, and sometimes the lying and and the hurtful things that a person does when they're having an affair will will just break your heart. 
And until that person can say, I, what I did was wrong and I made that choice, they have no hope. But I'll tell you what, when they do own up to how egregious the sin was, then we can start working on healing. And there is a lot of grace and there is a lot of science behind helping people get over that. But as long as they're saying XYZ made me do it, then that's right on the money that there's no hope. Okay, okay. Do you think that okay, that first point that we wanted to make, do you think that we've covered that enough? Can we move on to number two? Sure. Okay. Number two, you mentioned that Christianity pr- promotes mental health uh, in ways that secular humanism does not. Uh, and you've right. put together this amazing uh, explanation here. So, so take us through that. Okay. So in one of our earlier shows, I was describing mental health as a combination of security, responsibility, and flexibility. Flexibility meaning I can adapt to whatever is happening to me happening with me and around me and find a constructive way to deal with that. And so I've been reflecting on how Christianity actually addresses all of those three things, like, for instance, security. Romans chapter 8 talks about how there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and nothing can separate us from the love of God, and how we are predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. So God holds us very firmly. In in John 10, uh, Jesus says that I am the shepherd, and I have never and I never will lose a single sheep. You know, and and Jim, there is something that is so important in that, and and to our young people, uh, I I I want people to understand um, that you each one of you has value, and you are treasured, and you are, are you know have purpose here, oh, and. Yeah. And so we may look at human relationships, and humans are humans. And, you know, as, as much as we may try, we mess up. We mess up in our relationships. Uh, and sometimes I think people feel very unloved. Uh, I just, yesterday, a, a good friend of mine just shared that somebody uh, that is close to her, their, their son took his life this last weekend. Oh. And I just want to say, you are treasured and you are valued and you have purpose. But when I have yeah. Roberta Sutton on, who uh, has written this book, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know, uh, she does a, a lot of substitute, substitute teaching in one of the metro school districts here. Uh-huh. And she was uh, teaching one of the English classes on literature. And she looked, there were no books of, uh, of Shakespeare. Of course, you cannot read the Bible for sure in school anymore, but none of the great yeah. books were there. And so she yeah. asked about it, and they said, we are only reading literature from the last 15 years. So, they're, they're, you know, all of history, they're not reading that. But the, she said that everything is so dark. And um, I had Kevin Sorbo on yesterday, uh, the Hollywood actor. He was, you know, in the movie God's Not Dead. And, uh, you know, so many of these big blockbuster movies, they're dark. There's destruction. And yeah. um, so when people start thinking about that, what, what you're just describing here is the God of the universe, the creator of everything, said yes. you are of so much value that I'm going to come down and overcome sin and overcome death. And yes. man, if you don't think you're valuable, just, just listen to that message. That'll, that'll get you going. Absolutely. And when we become the ultimate end of anything, there's something deep in our hearts that we can't resist, even if we deny it, that says, is this all there is? And we originally started talking about mental health because of the STEM shootings. Mm-hmm. 
And I am certainly no expert on what was going on with those guys or with anybody else that uh, does that kind of thing. But the pattern that I observe from where I sit is an absolute emptiness and this uh, determination, I'm going to make a difference somehow. I'm going to matter even if it's causing pain that lasts for decades. But I have to matter somehow. Well, and Jim, to that, that talks about purpose. And purpose can be, so everybody wants to have purpose. Purpose can be used nefariously or it can be used for good. Absolutely. Okay. Anything more on security? You said, uh, and you have down here, attunement, empathy, and confidence. When you know that you, you matter, that you are treasured and valued, you can have confidence in living your life. Absolutely. So, and that includes empathy. Empathy is the idea of being able to see what's happening inside the other person and feel it along with them. And, of course, when we hurt each other, that's absolutely absent. You have domestic violence where the the thing that is lacking the most is a sense of empathy. And we learn from the scriptures that God is the author of empathy. He, He says for those who belong to Christ, the Holy Spirit is always speaking for us, even when we can't put things into words. And then Jesus Christ himself intercedes for us, and God searches the hearts. God the Father searches the hearts. So, It's the most beautiful picture of perfect empathy. And then he tells his followers to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. So powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. Very powerful. By the way, Kim, I wanted to point out something to you. I, I came up with this description of mental health. And it might seem as though I just looked at Christianity and then formed the list from that. So, of course, the Bible backs up that definition of Christianity. But I came up with that description of mental health from some of two of the most important psychological theories that I use in my work. It, it, isn't even, it doesn't even come, per se, from Christianity. One is the acceptance and commitment therapy, and the other is attachment therapy. And that's where that outline came from. But the more I looked at it, the more I could see that Scripture is just exploding with just this very thing. Isn't that interesting? How? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fascinating. You know what, Jim? Let's go to break. And when we come back, let's continue on. Uh, okay. This conversation is just so rich. I'm talking with Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And before, just a quick question, you know, you, um, there's a number of counselors there. And if yeah. you have a young person that, you know, needs some help on mental health, uh, you said that you've got people that actually specialize with young people there at Southwest Counseling Associates, right? Oh, yes, they do. You okay. betcha. What is that phone number there? Uh, 303-730-1717. And you want extension 220. That's our intake coordinator, Joel. Okay. And again, that's 303-730-1717, extension 220. If you have somebody that you think, you know, is struggling in in their life right now, I would highly recommend that you reach out to Southwest Counseling Associates. Uh, This is where Jim Lewis, he's uh, with them. And we're going to go to break, and then we will continue on with this very important conversation on mental health. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. 
Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, June 28th through Thursday, July 4th, features will include Toy Story 4, Godzilla, and Aladdin. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com, and sign up for my emails. Uh, Thrilled to have on the line with me Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. Uh, If you have someone that you're concerned about in your life, uh, they are a great place to go, whether or not it's a young person or an adult. Uh, Call 303-730-1717. That's 303-730-1717, extension 220. That is the intake uh, extension. Okay, Jim Lewis, um, when we get off, I'm going to have to get you scheduled again for next month because uh, we need to continue, and, and there's so much information on what you sent over here. So, I'm going to ask you to lead me. Where where do you want to go regarding this conversation right now? Well, I, I wanted to touch on those other two factors of mental health and just a couple of ideas about how Christianity uh, provides for those uh, factors. And the thing to point out about that, too, is that Western society, which is so much maligned nowadays, actually has been based so extensively on these Christian, Judeo-Christian principles that Western society actually promotes mental health. And so it isn't just you have to join a church and become a Christian in order to be mentally healthy. I'm just saying that the ultimate expression of mental health, I think, is in what God does with his people and what we do with each other. So, you know, we had talked about security, responsibility, flexibility. So here are a couple of examples of how the Bible promotes accountability. Uh, Romans 14 talks about how every one of us will answer to God, who is our master. talks about, uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about an awards banquet that's going to happen at the end of time. So it's called the judgment seat of Christ, but it's not so much a trial as it is an awards banquet. And and all that we've done with our lives as believers will be brought up and tested to see what kind of reward does that does that merit. And so knowing that, we're automatically motivated to want to deserve honor at that time. 
and Ephesians 4 tells us after it has this amazing description of what God has done for us. He says, now, you guys, live in a manner worthy of what you've been called to be. You've been called to belong to Christ. So live in a manner worthy of that. So the idea is that we answer to somebody, but we answer to somebody that we care about. And that's mental health in, in its ultimate form, I think. Okay. And along with that is a sense of purpose. So we're here not to make our kids the smartest people in the world. We're not here to climb as high as you can go on the ladder, but to glorify God and to serve each other. But, so, Jim, and one of the things, though, is when you strive for this, uh, yeah. you could also say striving for excellence, uh, you know, typically, I mean, things happen to people. Life happens. But when you are, are living a life worthy of that, typically, you know, good things happen. And, and so if you want to climb that ladder, you know, if you're doing a job well, typically somebody will recognize that and you will get promoted. So it seems like it's all interrelated. And so if you get everything in the proper order, then you live, um, you live a very purposeful life of excellence. Does, does, does that make you know, sense? Kim, I got to say that's a brilliant point. Oh, Steve, did you hear I that? I said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. I would never want to give the impression that no, you shouldn't try to move up the ladder. That's not it. But absolutely right. When we're living the way we're called to live as as believers, then we probably will be recognized because that does promote uh, that kind of. Uh, that kind of recognition. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, every once in a while I come up with one, Jim, so okay. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> okay, so shall we move to flexibility? You betcha. I... I think that's one of the most important ones, and it's not something that would float to the top of somebody's mind automatically. But as you were just saying seconds ago, things happen, and they don't always make sense. I'm talking to Christians, non-Christians, people of all kinds of beliefs. When something bad happens to them, 90% of the time it's the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, Why? This shouldn't have happened to me because Mm -hmm. bad things shouldn't happen to me. Well, guess what? They do. And it doesn't mean that you have to drop your arms and, and go into a fetal position under the bed. Flexibility means, okay, I know that kind of thing happens too, and I can find a good way to respond to it. I am not helpless. I am not a victim. Jim, these conversations have been so good, and I kind of had a, an aha. I I can be very uh, hard on myself. Sometimes uh-huh. I don't talk to myself uh, uh, nicely. It's like you could do better, or that was a mistake, or blah. You know, I mean, I don't think I'm alone. I think a lot of people do talk to themselves like that. <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> but when you talked about flexibility, I, I realized and. Um, I'll just give an example. Liberty Toastmasters, one of my friends who I, I dearly love, she loves language, and she she's uh, had, I was the Toastmaster, and she had sent over her introduction. And mm-hmm. I was in a hurry, and I thought I printed the whole thing off, but I had not. And so I did not give the complete introduction, and and she'd really worked hard on that. And, she, and you know, it was important. It was the introduction for her speech, and... Um, you know, she was frustrated, and yeah. I felt really badly about it. 
And so I was kind of kicking myself, you know, and then I finally (laughs) said to myself, and I think this is really from our conversations on flexibility. I said, okay, I, I, uh, I think I texted her. I said, okay, I'm going to beat myself up for 20 more minutes and then I'm going to let it go. And she texted back. She said, you don't have to wait for 20 minutes. But uh, I gave myself a limit. It's like, I'm not going to go for days on this. I'm going to beat myself up for 20 minutes, and then I'm going to move on. And I think to so many of our young people, uh, I talked to a young person about that who was beating himself up on something. I said, you can can beat yourself up for 20 minutes, and then you move on. And I thought that that was kind of flexibility. What would you say? You know, that's really good. that used to be called a paradoxical intentions where you you don't want to beat yourself up but you have this drive to beat yourself up because that's justice after all you know so mm-hmm. just tell yourself okay i'm going to beat myself up but only this long and so i think that's really smart okay i mean i would like to see that end up where it doesn't happen at all but that's a good intermediate step it's a step in the right direction so <laughs> yeah. jim, jim we are again we're about out of t- uh, out of time and this com- these conversations are so important but i think i would like to have you hit the very last point and this is suggestions for christians because christianity you know a lot of people look at christians as judging they're judging me but talk about suggestions for christians in this whole arena of mental health yeah so the first thing i would suggest is we want to model love for each other and for the world and that seems obvious everybody wants love 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 but what we do so often is judge and complain that's what actually happens in mm-hmm. the trenches. And we have to very intentionally model the kind of world that we want to live in. Uh, the second thing is show care and respect for legitimate issues of mental health. Mental health has been terribly abused. But Christians fall on the other side to where we say, ah, mental schmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, just do what the Bible says and be a good person like me. And we really need Christians to understand that because this is a fallen world, people's minds do get sick. And so we need Christians that will step up and say, yeah, I want to help any way I can. And yes, people do get sick. And yes, they need compassion. Um, the, The third thing is cultivate discernment rather than adversarial labeling. Uh, you know, I'm as guilty as any anybody else talking about lefties. Mm-hmm. And I think there, there is a real, real serious issue going on on the left that, that frightens me and deeply concerns me. But we don't need the labels so much as we need to have eyes that can see through the shell to the heart of the person. And be able to message this in a... Uh, as Paul says, in reasonable conversations. Uh, but yeah. you have to understand the issues. And like you say, it's it's easier to call a name versus take the time to understand the issue and engage in a conversation. To speak to that heart, exactly. That's what Paul told the the Colossians. He says, let your speech be seasoned with salt. Let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer every person. And it isn't to to nail them and put them down it's to touch the heart well and that's the last one that you had there you said complain less to each other and speak truth to the hearts of others 
And yeah. um, my these are these are ways to live a purposeful life as we engage with with each other. So we have uh, just about thirty seconds or so, Jim. What would be the the final thought that you'd like to leave with people? Oh boy, how do you wrap all that up? <laughs> uh, I what I've been thinking is I really like that line that you use for your show, dissecting issues and I don't even right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Yes, right versus wrong. Versus right versus left, and that I think that is profoundly appropriate for this because we're not just pushing people to to become more conservative or even become more Christian. We're we're looking for what really heals people, and so people on the right and the left, uh, in or outside of the Christian church, can really. Uh, push themselves in that direction. So that, okay. that would be my final thought. Okay, Jim Lewis, we'll get you back. You're with Southwest Counseling Associates. Thank you so much. 